I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the round four edition of the Supercoach Edge podcast. I'm Damon and I am joined as always by my set and forget co-host in Liam. And what a round it was. We spoke of redemption last week, Liam. What do we label this week? Yeah, well, if, if last week was redemption in the in the famous words of our one Captain Raymond Holt, this week was Vindication! But on a, on a more serious <laughs> note, I think this week was uh, just the follow-up as to why... Uh, why you need to hold your primos? Gorn went massive against Port with a 160, and his break-even is now just at 86. May not even drop in price that much, um, as much as people, I think, thought he would. So it's going to be tough getting him back in. And likewise, with Steel and Crisp, uh, they both showed why you need to sometimes just hold on to those primos and not take in one or two weeks of data as being a trend. Mm, yep, for sure. And uh, there was another player, though, who snubbed their nose at those mm. naysayers that traded him out, and it was Rochelle, who, believe it or not, was the most traded out player heading into round four. Absolute insanity. Can you can you believe that? No. I I mean, we spoke. I spoke about it. Why would you trade him out? He had one poor game. He's always mm. going to have up and down games um, yep. as a sort of small forward in Adelaide's lineup. But... He was coming up against the Dons, who historically do not go well against uh, small forwards. So mm. he's always going to be in for a big game round. Got the got the rising star norm as well, which is oh I yes, guess, a bit more vindication for him. Yes, a bit more vindication. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no doubt the good folk in the Supercoach Edge community were following our advice and were mm. reveling in those big scores alongside us, whilst others. Well, they squandered trades and are probably now scrambling to get the likes of Gorn and Steele back in their teams and probably just crying into, I don't know, what what, what, what would they be crying into uh, about Rochelle? Um, their lack of trades? Yeah, probably. Potentially? I mean, just, just their empty hands? Well, like, please, sir, can I have some more? Who were you trading him to? Like, if you were trading him down to Nick Martin, like, yeah, yeah. maybe I could accept that, but I feel like there was better options. Um yeah. And then I just, I just I don't understand, to be honest. Don't understand. Yeah. Sideways a Baldwin, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. it's in the past now. It's in the past. And uh, it just goes to show, Liam, that our crystal ball, mm. our super coach edge patented crystal ball, is the real deal. It's <laughs> it the real is. deal. So you've got to get on board, folks. Ladies and gents, watching, <laughs> listening, we we are the real deal. So um, hop on for the ride and, uh, and gaze into the crystal ball with us, which uh, we will be doing throughout the show. But... Liam, with the good also comes the bad, mm. the yin and the yang. Yeah. And uh, with that, there's also another part. It's the ugly. I don't know how that fits into the yin and the yang, but let's see what the round dished up. Yes, in the good, the bad and the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams performed and the players stood out for both good 
and bad reasons. And I kick off the segment because I came up with the loss. And you know what? I, I'm okay with it just on the basis of what you ended on. And I think I can accept, you know, losing this week just because you went absolutely massive. Um, but anyway, we'll get back to that in a sec. Uh, so I scored 2,241, which I was pretty happy with as well. I think I won yes. most of my league matches. So I, again, I feel like that's why I'm kind of okay with it. It wasn't as though I had a poor score against you. Um, and I also got the win against you last week uh, in our actual head to head. So that was more important. Uh, <laughs> overall <laughs> ranking. <laughs> one, one, step, one step forward and now a Yeah, step about back. two steps back. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, overall ranking of 12,607th overall. Uh, and that was an increase in ranking of about 4,157 spots, which is nice. Didn't make any trades. Didn't see the need uh, last round. Uh, so in the good, I've got Maxi gone, repaying the faith with a absolutely mammoth 160. He just, he's managed to stop that price drop and has brought his break even to 86. And it could be tough, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, for those that did trade him out, um, and spread that cash across the team to actually be able to find a way to get him back into their sides. Um, just glad I held the faith with both Gorn and Grundy. Um, I mean, there was no real chance of me trading them out, but just glad I I feel vindicated. I was just about to say, <laughs> Captain Holt, Captain Holt's yeah. about to jump in now and just give us the old vindication. <laughs> Every week. That's yep. just what I want. That's what I want. That's the theme of this episode, I reckon. Yeah. Anyway, in the bad column, I have my my boy, Jordan Ridley. His score of 74 simply just wasn't good enough, unfortunately. I've got him in the bad, though, and not the ugly, purely because he did look a bit off. Apparently, there's been a bit of a flu running around at the Dons, um, and a number of players were touch and go to actually play in the game and weren't at 100%. And to be honest, while I was watching the game, I didn't know about the flu until after the game, but he did just seem to be off the whole game. Um, it was missing targets, dropping marks he'd normally eat up. Also didn't get the lion's share of kick-ins that he has had in recent weeks. So I, I'll give him a pass. Give him a pass for this week. He's in the bad, but I'll, I'll accept a 74. A slap on the wrist. Yeah, slap on the wrist. I mean, Whitfield was going to be here with his score of bloody 18 at halftime, but he, he managed to <laughs> redeem himself. Oh. Uh, I would have actually made a new segment for him other than the bad and the ugly. It would have had to be something real bad. The putrid. But anyway, the putrid. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly, and the putrid. And the get out of, get the hell out of my side. Yeah. <laughs> The good, the bad, the ugly, and the get the hell out of my side. He's, he's lucky he finished on 92 because otherwise he would have been well and truly out of my side this week. Yeah. Um, anyway, into the ugly, I've got Zach Butters. Oh, I feel a bit bad. But anyway, his scoring and his role just simply doesn't look to be good enough. Uh, again, he's had a, a, a marked decrease in his CBAs. We'll touch on his later in the app, but I'll say now he is most certainly on notice and may even be on the chopping block for me. Oh, what a call. What a big call. Gee whiz. And, and we've been running with the theme about sticking by your primos. And all, primos. I, I, sticking with well, my primos. <laughs> well, he's, he's in in a forward line so, I don't know, uh, devoid of any, any yeah, real primo no, quality. Call, call. I guess he fits into it in that sense, but I, yeah. I, do, I do see what you're saying there. Um, I, I can see myself moving him on. I'm not against it. I'll, I'll see. Yep. We'll, we'll touch on it later. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's, let's just keep it in the back pocket. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yes, indeed, Liam. I, uh, I was, I don't know. I, I thought you were going to come back and I think early in the week, I thought I'm in trouble here. And it came off the back of, before I get into my overall score and, score and everything, there was a move that I must make note of. And I told you about over the weekend and it was, I actually was deciding between subbing uh, McCartan off mm. in order to get De Conning's score, who had already played and scored 62. And as it turned out, McCartan, I think he was on about 45 or 48 or something. I think it was a halftime. And I thought, I've done myself over here. I've done myself a mischief because McCartan's <laughs> going to score an extra 20, 30 odd points more than De Conning. And as it turned out, and thankfully McCartan's okay, but he went off uh, for most of the last quarter due to a head knock. And as it turned out, he actually got scaled down and uh, he actually scored seven points less than De Conning. So I thought, oh, here we go. I've got seven points over you. And then I did the sneaky and switched Hayes into my R3 position. I had Dixon on the forward bench 
And Dixon pulled one out of the hat, 96. And so I ended up looping his score on, took off Rochelle. And what happened? Rochelle scored an extra 10 points more than Dixon. So I guess it's kind of evened out there, but it's, it's just funny mm. the way things work. Swings and roundabouts. And I actually, I was going to do the same move with DeConning. I ended up not doing it because I was too worried that someone would just be pulled out with COVID. And yeah, I'd end up with, true. you know, as a donut, which was my concern. Just because it was such an early game. It was the second, the first game on the Saturday. Um, had it been, I guess, a later game, I would have probably gone with you. But you, you do know how dangerously I like to live, Liam. Remember back to last year when I had yes. Geary. Geary, who was the, the superhuman uh, he stayed on despite the fact he like almost broke every bone in his body. Uh, and Highmore was the sub. And, and I every, had to have, I, Highmore every was like the player okay, was off at some stage with an Apart injury in that game. <laughs> so that was that was almost as fortuitous as uh, as that moment. Not, not quite, but um, it just reminded me of mm. that. But anyway, onto the score. I ended up scoring a two thousand three hundred forty four. So uh, a very very nice week. And uh, I actually wasn't keeping note on. I think heading into Sunday, I was around about 2,100 and something. And I'm like, oh, might do all right. And then, yeah, when I checked, when it opened, I was like, shit. So, uh, yeah, I actually did quite well. But um, overall ranking, that was the best part. I uh, stopped at the skid in rank, thank God, and actually rose 10.6K spots to Oof. now sit 4,393rd overall. So uh, it's my highest rank to date since opening the season where I was ranked 7,400. 36 Very. overall. I'm building slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. I'm like, can we keep referring to the roller coaster? The He's roller more of a, coaster. More of, more of a roller coaster, actually. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the roller, roller coaster. coaster. <laughs> we, we thought it was the only way is up. So he's going to make mention here. So oh, with a good... No, don't, don't. Keep it under your hat. Don't, don't. don't. <laughs> keep your powder dry. So with a good... It has to be the, the bearded one, mm. the big bearded one in Maxi Gorn. What a man. So I cast our minds back, Liam, to this time, virtually mm. this time last year. I think it was, I think it was around two or three potentially where we referred to that episode as Rise of the Primo. Mm. And I ended up making a Star Wars, you know, mock poster and I ended up having Gorn and Grundy front and center because people were trading them out after a couple of shit rounds. And look what happened. And look what's happened again. So it's no surprise it's a case of deja vu. We've said it once. We've said it a thousand times, Liam. It's like <laughs> an old man here. Stick by your primos, folks. Woohoo! Who's laughing now? <laughs> it's shut up. So make sure you do that, um, especially when it comes to butters. Uh, with, primos. With the, primos. With the bad. With the bad. It does feature the roller coaster, unfortunately. Mm. Our boy, he's let us down again, similar to how he did in round two. And the big part of his game is his bulk free kicks against that are holding back his score, as is his inability to find the pill. And he's actually only netted 20 disposals over the past three weeks after getting 33 in round one. So I guess the one upside to his game is his tackling, which has provided mm. somewhat of a flaw with an average of a whopping seven tackles per game. So without that, his scoring would actually be much shitter than what it is at the moment. So um, at least he's got that flaw to him, similar to a, a steal, but he has to up those disposals and uh, everything else that goes with it and stop giving away free kicks. Come on, Rayleigh. Just pull your red-headed head in, please. Um, but uh, we do need to see better. Um, otherwise, Liam, I don't want to make threats like you did with Butters, but he may have to have a long, hard think about himself uh, because he may find himself in the outer. We might just disown him as, as parents, as super coach parents, mm -hmm. co-parents. Potentially. Mm. Uh, moving on, moving on to uh, the ugly, and like you mentioned, Liam Butters makes my ugly as well. Uh, I was just tricking you to make me feel better, <laughs> but yeah, he does take the cake for worst performer of the round. I think it's pretty easy to say, uh, but we must remember he posted 114 and 136 in his first mm. two weeks. So happy to say that uh, you know his general. I guess, form and the general shitness overall of Port is perhaps taking a toll on him as well as the fact that he's copped a couple of hits, as I mentioned last week as well, in recent rounds. So it may be a bit of a factor, but I guess the big issue on the weekend came down to structural moves uh, as it seemed as though Meade stole some CBA time, especially when um, Wines went off with, the, uh, with his issue. 
bless you. Sorry. Sorry for those people listening. Liam just sneezed. Yeah, so I apologize. So it was very, very considerate. Very considerate there. Straight for those people in. watching us on YouTube, they were like, what's that to Liam? <laughs> he, he, he just, he imploded with rage thinking about butters. Um, he's out of my team, I'm telling you now. <laughs> he's out of your team. And uh, likewise, I, fact, I guess the fact that they needed to tag Petrarca on the weekend port saw Willem Drew soak up a majority of CBAs with 83%, mm. despite only getting 39% the week prior. So structurally, Port were making some changes, which didn't bode well for Butters. So hopefully does, that doesn't persist. Um, Port play my side in Carlton on the weekend. If Cripps doesn't play, do they potentially try and tag my man Walsh? Yeah. Um, who knows? Hopefully not, because then it frees up some CBAs and it means that Drew isn't spending as many or soaking up as many of those CBAs. So... Anyway, with that, let's move on to um, the juiciest part of this segment, Liam, and it is the head-to-head, and it is looking like – I'll do the honours this time, Liam. Okay. Wins. Thank you. I'm three. Three-one. You're one-three. And the point differential, I think last week, was it 14? Yeah, it was 14 last remember? week, so you went quite large. I went bonkers. I went yeah. bonkers, and now I've extended it. So I'm just sick of it being so, so you know, so close, Liam, because I got a little bit too – a little bit too hairy there. So now it's at 117 my way. As we saw on the weekend, you could easily make that up. So all the best, Liam. All the best for next week. I hope so. And the week's ahead. With butters out of my side, it'll definitely get uh... (laughs) (laughs) up. Definitely help. My Rosie. What's his name? Rosie? 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 Oh, yes, yes. Now you have your hatred for him. I have my hatred for butters right now. He's just a front runner. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, let's move on. So uh, let's let's have a look back at uh, what transpired on the weekend across the round with the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to In the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. And wasn't it a big week in Supercoach? Uh, there's been some massive news. For those that traded out Maxi Gorn, it wasn't a fun time, let's be honest, on that Thursday night as he backed up his score of 117 in round three with a 160 in round four. Likewise, Crisp, Rundy, McRae, Rochelle and Steele all posted big scores in a nice return to form for those that held the faith. Indeed. And um, unfortunately, in some, I guess, unfortunate news, <laughs> Paddy Cripps uh, suffered a hamstring injury yeah. and was subbed out of the game on just 38. And it is very rough, obviously, for those that just brought him in and for those that captained him, captained him this week as well. But um, you were telling me about a little, little yes. slight rumor that he may take the field this week, Liam. Yes. I don't think there's any uh... truth to that, surely. Oh, you'd hope not. You'd hope not. Even if as, he... a, as a baggers man, he better not take the field. Rest him. Yeah, even points. yeah. So uh, apparently, we're set up for scans, and there wasn't much damage, I guess, found. So obviously, must have. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is this is the, the truth to this. It was just sort of a rumor, um, but I would be shocked if he takes the field, and if he does, I would be very concerned because there's not much chance of a zero week hamstring. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's. Um... Yeah, very, very scary as a baggers man. So hopefully yeah. they give him a bit of a, a week's week's rest and come back the week after if it's not that bad. But yeah, I mean, we've both dodged that bullet and that was probably mm-hmm. part of the reason why I, um, I guess, performed as well as I did on the weekend because I didn't have a 38 in my uh, my score. But yeah, unfortunate for those people that do have him. But um, yes, we'll we'll touch on him in the, uh, the next segment uh, to follow with the prices, right? Yes, and then another bit of more bad news. Uh, Braden Proust. The, I want to name him Mummy 2.0, uh, yes. has been offered a one-game suspension from the match review officer for, I think it was striking, uh, or could have been rough conduct. I don't know what they classify them Elbowing all as. in the head. I anymore, think that's a yeah. <laughs> On Monday. Uh, yeah. The silver lining for those of us who are holding out uh, to trade him in is that we get an extra week for some cash cows to fatten up before we make Yay. the move to get him in. And we also just... I'm just concerned... I'm concerned that Leon Cameron's going to do something stupid like not play him or bring in Flynn and it's going to affect his output. So I think it's good to at least get another week of just not having to deal with the Proust situation. Uh, But we'll we'll cover that more. We'll we'll chat about him a bit more later in the episode and definitely in next week's episode as well. Yeah, for sure. He's... um... 
Easy's. I mean, you don't want to be, this is part of the reason we've touched on as well. Like you don't want to be rolling with him as your R2 because of this very reason. Like he actually copped a week suspension against the pies in the preseason and missed round one. So yeah, not good enough, Prusy. Pull your bloody head in, mate. Apart from that, uh, you know, I guess ramifications all, all, all round really. Um, Mm. So let's, let's delve into it a little bit further by uh, looking at the price is right. The price is wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week also. So I think we'll structure it, I guess, this segment uh, this week a little bit differently to normal and run through players and give our assessment for what to do with them. So Liam, I give you the honours for the first one. Thank you. And is it just because of general heartbreak? Yeah. The sadness? I'm, I've pushed it in my mind that the fact that it is Paddy Cripps and he plays for my mob and we're actually just on a downward spiral and oh my God, it's just derailing. The dynasty is over. The, the three-week <laughs> dynasty is over. It was um, good while it lasted. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, first up, we've got Patrick Cripps, obviously a midfielder, 525K, averaging 112.8 um, with a break-even of 152. And to be honest, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, hamstring injury, I mean, rumours are he might not miss, but I think it's just time to move him on. Simples. Uh, rough luck for those that did only bring him in the last week or two. Um, like, really bad luck, but, yeah. I mean, that's demons to breaks, I guess. Uh, in terms of options, though, I'd be looking to trade him straight over to another Primo, like a Steel, a Miller, McRae. You'd have to find some cash, but I think you'd be able to with some of the downgrade options that you could be looking at. Um, but just someone that's just a, a bona fide primo. Um, another option, maybe trading him to someone like a Doherty. You could move Hewitt from your defensive line to your midfield. And then obviously you can move him back to your defensive line later uh, when you make a trade of a rookie like McCartan or someone out else out. And then you can bring in a defensive rookie or however you want to structure your team. Uh, one thing I have seen floated and is I, I've written here a little bit of a cause for concern, but I'm going to say it's a big bit of cause for concern, uh, is trading Crips to Heaney. Oh, okay, I think yeah. the only way you, nah, nah, I'm not, a, I'm not for this. If you traded Crips in, you shouldn't be doing it. If you started Crips, I can see merit in it, but not if you traded him in. Cause if you traded him in, you've essentially, I don't want to say blowing, but you've blown one trade to get Crips in. You've got to trade to get Crips out to Heaney. And then you're going to have to hold over a trade for when Heaney inevitably misses a game. And that's where my concern is. If you started Crips, I can see merit there because you kind of only having to use two trades for for Heaney eventually. But it's just, I don't know. Do you want to to trade out an injured player to a player that's most likely going to get injured? No. Yeah. No. No, not at all. I, I was thinking, well, where are you going with this? And now it totally makes sense. And I should have known considering it is Heaney we're talking about. So, yeah, totally agree there. My assessment is basically Sal. <laughs> <laughs> seeing, the, seeing the words Heaney, Sal. Never, <laughs> never. Just in autopilot, Sal. But, yeah, you're totally right. I think, you know, it's just terrible luck, unfortunately, for those people that traded him in. Mm. For those that started with him, probably not as bad. I think he's gone up uh, 60%, 70K thereabouts. So um, not too bad, I guess, in that sense. But, yeah, I was, I was I would have been in the firing line had I not mm. been burnt by him over the past two, three years. So, yeah, dodged a bullet there. And, unfortunately, uh, I think he's going to miss a week at very least. And even then... I just, I wouldn't trust him in all honesty. Um, with that high break, even you probably can't afford to wait. Uh, you could maybe hold out one week maybe, but if he just again has another 30 odd or even worse um, because he actually does a full blown hamstring, then yeah, you're going to be up shit Creek, I think. So if you do have the money, I would be trading him to a steal hundred percent. If you don't have the money to trade him to a, a genuine primo, I can see merit in holding out if he only misses the one week, but it is a risk. So um, yeah, for me, Overall, I would say sell. But um, moving on to the next guy who um, did cop an injury also, and it is Mitch Hinge, defender, 266.7K, averaging a 65.5 with a break-even of 29. And uh, he's probably in the one-to-watch category at the moment because we don't have the full 
detail as to what the sort of the the outlook is for him. So he did suffer a hip injury on the weekend and he was subbed out. Uh, from what uh, we understand as potentially just a corky, copying mm-hmm. a knee to the hip in a marking contest. So yeah, uh, I think you've said Liam as well, like he's one to watch on your end and mm-hmm. he is very much for me as well. So if he's named, I'd be keeping him um, just purely based upon that uh, that break, break even of 29. He's averaging a 65.5. So obviously, you know, more than double his current break even. So he can more than smash that and continue making money for you uh, if he continues to, uh, I guess, first of all, makes his way back into the field and can string some games together. So um, yeah, I don't really see much of a reason to get rid of him. I do see a little bit of merit maybe if you're lacking any real rookies to move on um, because O'Driscoll is on the horizon as someone that you could be targeting and probably should be targeting. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I would say just wait and see. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, uh, it's a it's a hold if you have another player like a, a Ward or another rookie that you can potentially cull uh, before Hinge because I can see Hinge making more money. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I think his lower score was a, whatever, 30, what did he score? 37 on the weekend. And that was his lower score. And that was purely because he was subbed off. Um, yep. he's, he's got more cash to make um, and his break even will, will drop once he uh, takes back to the field. I think from what it sounds like, he'll only miss, if, if he, he won't miss, it's, it's just assuming that the corky heals up well, basically. Um, so to me, he's a wait and see, only sell if he's injured. Sure. Moving on to Zach the Birdman Butters, uh, forward eligible. No, that's a bit harsh. Just Zach, Zach, Zach Butters. Zach Butters wouldn't melt melt in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Call him melts because he causes yeah. melts for you. You're, you're melting down. down. Uh, yes, forward eligible, four hundred fifty four point one k, average of ninety one point three, break even of one hundred fifty two, and. Yes, at least one meltdown for Liam watching his scoring. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm going to be, I'm, I know I've, I've been pretty harsh, but it is a tough one. His scores for 2022 read 114, 136, 58 and 57. He has that potential when he is playing through the middle, as we've seen with that 114 and 136. But his CBA percentage has taken a hit in recent weeks. In rounds one and two, he attended 58 and 59% of CBAs in rounds three and four. That is down to 35 and 44%. So it's it's a it's a decent drop. It's not a small amount. Uh, his possessions, obviously, with that have also dropped off in the last two weeks as a result. Um, as you mentioned, he has he did cop that hit, which you know he could be playing sore. But the way I think, as you also described last week, the way he jumps into contests means that he's gonna cop hits and he's probably gonna end up playing sore. So is it an issue for the rest of the season? Look, I can see merit in trading him out. Um, he does have that break even of 152. He's sort of at a price where you could potentially upgrade him to someone else. I mean, I don't know who you can upgrade him to. There's no decent forwards, let's be honest. Um, but maybe a Will Brody you could trade him down to and make a little bit of cash. Um, but also note in his last three games against the Blues, he's only played three games. Against the Blues, he has scored 88, 96, and 110 for an average of 98. I don't know. He's, he's, a, hard, he's a hard one to assess. Like, just looking at his time on ground stats just quickly, he had only 78% time on ground. Um, so I guess he wasn't playing the full game, but there weren't really any players. Looked like there was a fair few rotations for Port. Um, so it was mm, interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think he was sort of just looking into match reports and stuff, there was a bit of switching between uh, midfield and pushing up the ground into the forward line of playing more of a high half forward. So yeah, it's, it's not good at the moment, just as we spoke of with his, um, the way that he's been used in Ports midfield uh, with those CBA stats, like you mentioned, it's um, a, yeah, it's a bit of a, an alarm in some sense, but I think the fact he's in for me anyway, he's in 50% on the dot of teams mm-hmm. uh, and that, obviously means that uh, at least the overall impact on your team, if he continues to struggle, is halved from a ranking perspective. Um, so everyone's going to share that, um, or at least half the competition is going to share that uh, that pain. Um, but yeah, he showed in the first two rounds, as I said, that he can score on his day. So for me, I'm going to back him in, especially you know given that in the forward line, there aren't really you know any really standout options. You're not brimming with, with outright midfielders selectable as forwards like, like Butters is. Um, or genuine outright primos like he should be. Um, and he's not really performing at, at the moment. But 
yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to wait and see with him and, and uh, assess as we go on. I know we'll touch on this guy later in the episode, but yep. later in this segment, but would you trade him to a Bro- Will Brody? If you, I mean, you have him, so it's a hard yeah. sort of question to have. But if you didn't have Butters, so if you didn't have Brody at the minute, would you trade him? Okay, uh, so it's oh okay. So he's he's almost a hundred grand less on the dot, yeah, in price than Butters Brody. So you'd be banking that cash. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's a hard one because Brody, I think you definitely need if you don't have him, and this is probably the last, as we'll speak on. It's probably the last week to get him. So if if you don't have the cash to upgrade to a Brody, short answer is yes, I would consider it. But I wouldn't outright say no. I wouldn't outright say that, yes, it's like 100% guaranteed uh, an option to take. I, I think it's something that I'd highly consider um, if you don't have any other options. And it's no use trading, obviously, at another good performing cash cow in like a Rochelle or a Cherry or those guys. So, yeah, maybe it, it might be an option potentially. But, yeah, we'll, we'll delve into it a little bit, uh, little bit later. Just quickly, what, what are your thoughts? Just a yes, yes or no. Yeah, no or no, yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. Nah, nah, yeah? Nah, yeah. I, I would do it, yes. Yep. I yep. don't know why. <laughs> threw me a little bit there, sorry. I Got would him. do it. I, I personally would do it. I'm considering, that's a move I'm considering. Um, yeah, it's a move I'm considering. I think, yeah. I mean, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I think because I've only used the two trades to this point of the season, I kind of feel like I am not too worried about doing it, yeah. No, that's, that's a fair point. And I think as well that the fact with with Brody, I like to call these sort of players playing cash cows because he's obviously making us bulk cash, but he's also scoring quite well and he's scoring better than you know what Butters is. So I guess it's a tick and a tick in both of those areas. So yeah. Well, that's, I um, mean, looking at Brody, he's scoring as he's the sixth highest scoring forward. So there is potential that he... I mean, it's a long season, but there is potential that he sticks around and can, yeah. you know, play as your F6, potentially F7 as well. Yeah, exactly. If he's if if he's going to be someone that you're, yeah, absolutely going to keep in your side uh, long-term, then, uh, yeah, that's, for me, that then becomes 100%, 100% justified for sure. If it's someone that you're going to be trading in that you may be going to be trading down the track, um, it becomes a little bit murkier. But, yeah, as a playing cash cow, um and it's someone that you need. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's, it's um, he's a good candidate to, to trade out to uh, Brody. But uh, let's move on to uh, to the other option. And it is oh, another consideration, I guess, in terms of a Jake Bowie. A David Bowie. I'm David Bowie. Uh, as a defender, 370.2K, averaging 86.3 with a break-even of 82. And that, geez, that's, uh, that's risen quite quickly, hasn't it? And it was because on the weekend, he had his lowest score of the season with a 47 and it's obviously put a massive dent in that cash cow status. So the break even is 82 and it is achievable given that uh, his average is above that. But yeah, it's, it's again, another tough call. Um, he's made 104.6 K already. So you could definitely cut him and take the W. Um, and you've highlighted as well, Liam, that Twitter legend Bryce Mitchell has shown that with a projected score of 65, he'll continue to drop cash until at least round eight with a price of 336. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to be losing cash, I think, if you hold on to him. Uh, and as, yeah, as we know, the higher the price of a rookie, I guess, in this sense, he's still a rookie, um, the higher you have to average in, um, you know, making making dosh. So for me, if I had him, I would be cutting my losses, going to Franco Cozzo and saying, mate, what what sort of furniture? What um, il modernissimo furniture could I um, get in return for Jake Bowie? Um, because it's time to move him on. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you've made 104k theoretically if you brought him in straight up. You know, before his price rises, um, it's good enough. Keep yep. just move him on, move him on. Um, because realistically, early on in the game, the ball was down in ports. Forward, uh, forward line so it was in the back line for him so it's it, it's not like he was getting starved of opportunity I guess um, Port couldn't kick a goal in the first basically half that has kept yeah. peppering them um, so I think that is a concern um, it's not as though the ball wasn't there 
But let's move on to the next cab off the ranks, and that is Jack Hayes, forward ruck eligible, um, 187.6K, averaging 84 with a break-even of negative 15. And you've probably got bigger issues at this stage. So I'm going to just be straight up. It's probably a hold um, for mine. His negative break-even and his DPP status is very handy. And obviously, with a rider um, copying a, was it one or two weeks? Uh Maybe I can't remember now, week. but anyway, um, he's, he's copped a bear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a quick um, look whilst you... Uh, you thank you, he's you. copped a bear, so I would expect Jack Hayes to be straight back in and then straight back out as soon as Ryder is uh, is available again. Um, I'd definitely hold him. This is where it's going to come a bit sticky as well with Proust up for grabs in a couple of weeks. Um I'd be looking to trade if he sticks around, if, if Hayes plays this week and you would assume he would, he will uh, make you'd assume, get him up to that same price as Bruce, which then means a sideways trade. And then you expect him to be dropped straight after uh, Ryder can come back. So I can understand if you keep him, I can understand if you want to trade him for another cash cow. I feel like he's a hold or a sell. You just, you do you boo. Uh, <laughs> Got to do whatever you need to do. Um, I can see merit both ways. I think personally though, I'd lean more towards, holding yep especially no, this fair. week because i feel like he's going to come back and you're right liam it was a two-weeker for Ryder, um and we'll find out uh, uh probably tomorrow this is being recorded on monday night and um uh, i think st kilda have until tomorrow um mm. evening i think to challenge that uh or contest that that ruling so yeah uh, i think for me i'm a hold at this stage and you'd think that he is going to come back in uh, if Ryder does end up, um, I guess, copying, if, if it's locked in that he's, he's copying those two weeks. Um, and it means that, yeah, we can squeeze a quick fire price rise out of uh, out of Hazy and uh, then, yeah, potentially turf him for, for Bruce. However, I can see him making more money long-term. Um, but the main thing for me is that, yeah, as, as we've seen on the weekend, he's, um, his spot in the Saints side is expendable. So, yeah, it's going to mean that it's going to be a slowish burn over time because of that reason. Um, and he's going to be in and out of St Kilda's lineup uh, based upon availability of Ryder and other um, other tall players, I think. But um, mm. let's wait and see on that one. So uh, let's move on to another tall player, and it is Tristan Cherry or Xeri or Zeri. <laughs> X Price at three X Man. Price at three fifteen point two k as a forward will no doubt be given the ruck eligibility as well. Come round six, averaging eighty one point five, very tasty, and a break even of fifty eight. And uh, a score of 46 on the weekend, it has unfortunately seen that break even rise to 58. And uh, looking at his stats from the weekend, his role in the ruck really doesn't seem to have been affected. He had the majority of ruck contests for North over Goldstein, but uh, the main thing was he only managed six disposals, which was his lowest for the season. I think this is probably the key reason why he has scored so poorly. And, uh, you know, probably expect him to bounce back, hopefully. Um, given, I mean, the main thing for me is the fact that uh, North actually played quite well against Sydney on the weekend. Mm. And uh, when I checked the scores, because I wasn't, wasn't able to watch the game because I was out filming another game. I was out filming local footy. Um, and when I had a look, when I got into my car, I was I was expecting him. I heard the scores on the radio. I'm like, he's surely must must be killing it. And uh, yeah, goalie actually was like twice his score. And uh, yeah, actually looked to be scoring better than him. But yeah, for me, I will hold, for, hold him for the time being. Um, he's, you know, he's shown he can score on his day. He had an off day, and if it becomes a trend, I think then and only then will I consider trading him and locking in a profit. But uh, yeah, he's going to have those pegs and troughs like all rookies do, um, especially as a big man as well, depending on matchups. So uh, yeah, he's a hold. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I had a very similar experience. I saw the scores, um, saw Goldstein's score particularly, and then was thinking, oh no, they've you know swapped them back, given Goldstein the ruck mantle, number one ruck mantle. But then looking at the stats, um, it really, it wasn't the case. So it's just unfortunate, I think. Um, one funny thing that I did see was there was a bit of a, a bit of biff uh, and Cherry decided that he was going to push every single Sydney player that was that was just near him, just went out of his way to just, just give him a quick shove in the chest, just it was it was quite amusing, but anyway, it's a bit of a uh, bit of a move, bitch. Yeah. Get out the way. <laughs> <Not too> much, <laughs> was, but he was just like moving. He was going towards him to be like, I'm just gonna push you now. Now you're over there. I'm gonna push you. Yeah. Um, was it was good? It was good. 
I, I think, yeah, personally, I'll be holding him in any case. Uh, I think wait for a trend before yeah. worrying too much. Um, I think it sounds more like he was just having a bit of an off day uh, with his with his scoring. Uh, now moving on to another big man, Braden Proust, 204.7K, Ruck eligible, average of 105.5 and a break even of minus 91. And as mentioned, he won't be on the bubble until next week uh, after receiving a, a one-match ban for a, a strike, I think it was, on the weekend. But he's scoring well and will be good for an R3 cash cow. I wouldn't have him as your R2. Um He's too volatile. He's too much like Mumford. He's going to cop bands. He's going to, I don't know, he's injury prone, too concerned. And Leon Cameron is, again, a volatile coach that could, you know, throw Flynn in one week, give Proust, uh, give Proust a rest. Um, you just don't know. But I think he, the one benefit that we do see is he'll probably be decent cover for Gorn and Grundy over the buys, having that different buy. Um, so I can see the reason that you want to keep him in as your R3. Um, I'd hold off on trading him in, in this week, obviously. Wait until he's on the bubble in round uh, six, before round six. Yep. Uh, you just can't trust Leon Cameron, if I'm honest. So definitely wait. Yep. Yeah, for me, it's a... Oh, well, it's not really hold because he's not even on your side, but uh, it's a wait. <laughs> I was going to say hold, <laughs> but I'm going to continue the, uh, the wind up. Wait. Uh, moving on to the next guy, and it is Nathan O'Driscoll, or Noddy, as I like to call him. 167.7K as a um, defender slash midfielder, averaging a 57 with a break-even of negative 54. And, um, yeah, I guess, well, after not really showing much in recent weeks with scores of 18, uh, which is sub-affected, and a 49, Noddy went bang with 104 on the weekend. And, of course, that's going to stick around in his rolling three-week average for another two weeks helping keep his break even nice and low. Nice and low. So, yeah, he's an option to trade in for the likes of, uh, I guess, Hayes, if you want to go down that route. You do you, boo, as you said, Liam. Um, Award, who I swapped out before the season started. I'm thankful I did because if I had him, he'd be gone. Um, or a Hinge, uh, who, again, is another player we spoke of before. If you desperately need to, um, to you know, grab some cash. But yeah, don't really rely on him for a big score each week because as we know, he's a rookie and especially playing in Frio's lineup with players returning like a Sarong. Yeah. Tucker. Uh, who else is there? Tucker. Tucker Fife um, is also just Fife. waiting in the wings to come back. Yes, exactly. So I guess long-term, probably um, don't be expecting these sort of scores uh, on a weekly basis. But yeah, for me, given that break-even, negative 54, that massive high score and his rolling average for the next two weeks, it's a buy. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And just obviously watch the teams, Tucker and Sarong and Dubak. Uh, I think it's Erasmus. Erasmus, Erasmus, that's the one. Um, He is, uh, he's also one to watch. I'd say he's most likely to come out first. Um, Mm. O'Driscoll's sort of game on the weekend, you wouldn't want to be dropping him after that. It'd be pretty harsh. but just yeah, just just bear that in mind. Just watch the team sheets. But definitely a buy if he is due to play. Yep. Now moving on, it's your man, Will Brody. Yeah. Let's oh. hit that uh, that George Michael's uh, careless whisper. <laughs> oh yes. Just reminiscing. Keep keep going, Liam. Keep going. Just reminiscing. Uh, just the joyous time we had on the weekend. Oh, hand yeah. in hand, frolicking down. All right. Somewhere. I'm looking at I'm going to move on very, very quickly. Uh, 355K <laughs> mid and forward eligible, averaging 100.5 with a break even of negative, negative 16. And a big score from Will Brody has seen his price skyrocket by about 71K. And he maintains a negative break even as well. He's currently ranked as the sixth best forward so far for the season. And if he continues his scoring, he could end up as a keeper for your F6. As I said, I can see merit in trading butters to Brody. Um, and I might do it. I might do it after just, yeah. I Join us, Liam. I think Join I us. There's, he's got a spare hand. You can, you can be Ugh. holding him on the other side. We'll, we'll all be frolicking we'll down the skip, street. Skip through there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, what's happening? All right. So um, you're going with a buy, Liam? Yep. He's a buy. Uh, um, yeah. For me, I've obviously already got him, uh, jumped on him because yeah, he took me back in with open arms, thankfully, uh, since I started with the gov over him in the preseason. But yeah, I mean, if I didn't have him, 
even though, yeah, he's, he's an awkward price point for those that don't have him. He's scoring and negative break even uh, dictate that he is a super solid playing cash cow, as I referred to earlier. And yeah, I guess it's probably the last week really that you have before he's too expensive to justify bringing him in um, because I don't know what he's projected to make, but yeah, in terms of what he's going to be rising, it's uh, he's almost out of reach. Uh, 47.9K if mm. he scores a 91. So yeah, he's going to be a touch over the 400K mark and it's just going to be too expensive, I think, to be forking out that sort of dosh for uh, even playing cash cows of his quality. Um, and he is quality, Liam. He's real good he quality. He is quality. Uh, but let's move on, Liam, to um, speaking about some more quality in the, uh, the the form of the captaincy. So let's usher it in, Liam. I am the captain, captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> so synchronized. <laughs> Nicely done. It was. That was beautiful. Yep. Uh, in I'm the captain now, we scrapped through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. It's going to be, it's a bit of an interesting weekend because all of our captaincy, all our VC and C option, options fall before the Sunday games. So they all... Yeah. There's a lot of risk, I think, on the Sunday. There's there's options, but I don't think I would I would I would go for them. I think you're better off locking in one of these guys for your captaincy uh, before then. But let's kick off with the first one. Cab off the rank, and this is just in order of game times. This is not a ranking in you know best to worst or anything. But we've got Lockie Neal up against Collingwood on Thursday night at seven thirty-five. It's very exact time for a game, uh, averaging ninety-two point two five. Sorry, 95.25 over his last four against the Pies with scores of 89, 88, 113, and 91. He does average the second least. So, sorry, Collingwood is his essentially, you know, second least points it'll average again across his career uh, with an average of 88.4 from his 11 outings against them. And his highest score is 140, which, you know, not, not too bad. But do note, he did have a similar average against the Cats um, I think the Cats may have been potentially been his worst average side, um, but he did manage a 128 with an O'Connor tag nonetheless. So there is potential uh, for, for Lockie Neal to, to go big on the Thursday night. Mm. And on the opposite uh, side of the uh, the field, I guess, is another option in Brody Grundy. And he's averaging 113.75 over his last four against Brizzy with scores of 162, 89, 104, and 100. So a bit of a mixed bag there. If you take out the 162, it doesn't look as attractive. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it makes you wonder like with, I guess if he was playing a, uh, a one-out Darcy Fort, like uh, Brisbane were playing last week with the uh, loss of McInerney, he could be in for another big score. And I'm not too sure what the go is with McInerney if he's going to come back in. Who knows if he if he does if he doesn't uh, that'll probably dictate as to the ceiling that Grundy's going to have. Um, I'm guessing that that last 162 was against McInerney as well. So hopefully, ah yes, I managed to guess um, off the top of my head, but I assume it would be. I think yeah, I think McInerney's coming back in because he got the one. I think it was, it was just a one, one week. week, yeah, yeah. So he'll come back anyway. But yeah, I mean, if he scored that against McInerney, um, yeah, that that uh, bodes well for him. Yes, most certainly. Uh, on the Friday night, Good Friday, Friday afternoon, 4.20 against North, we've got one Jack McRae. Uh, his average of 107.75 over his last four against the Roos with scores of 108, 138, 90 and 95. Nothing really, I don't know, 138 is pretty good. Again, it's kind of like Grundy in the sense that if you take out that 138, there's not much to write home about. But... He's coming off a 158 on the weekend and he's just a very good option for a VC playing the second game of the round. And that 138 did come in the same fixture sort of last year. So that the Good Friday match. So maybe, you know, can repeat it. Let's just quickly hop back to last week, Liam. Ooh. And it was the crystal ball, but not 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 quite. I remember you asked me with McRae what he, I what did I ask thought you he was what he was. I think yeah. I think it was around about 130 odd. But we did make mention of his scoring trend and we have to take note of it again because the universe is all the footy gods or super coach gods are doing something here. So we took note of the fact that his recent scores against Richmond were scores of 107, 162, 107 and 163. And his score on the weekend was a 158, not quite Oof. the 160, 
no, that we but... were thinking it was going to be with that trend in increments of like a point at a time and every second matchup, him killing it. But he's continued the trend. So next time he faces Richmond, he's going do to have not, a shit one. Do not, do not captain him. Yeah. Do but, not waste uh, it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't waste it at all. But yeah, it was quite funny. Sorry, I just had to mention that because it's such a unique stat and trend. It was. It was Crazy. very good. Do you reckon champion data hurt us and just went, nah, we're not going to scale him up two points. <laughs> I reckon they did that just to spite us for how much shit we give him. Um, uh, we still, anyway. we'll still love you, champion data. Sometimes. We do. Most sometimes. of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Some of the time. Uh, let's move on to uh, the next option, and it is Took Miller, uh, the running man, averaged, uh, well, I guess he's sorry, he's playing St Kilda on Saturday at 1.45pm. He's averaged 99 over his last four against the Saints uh, with scores of 115, 109, 101, and 71. And whilst it's not really a great average uh, and he's coming off two weeks of sub, I guess, yeah, sub-captaincy scores, if you want to call them them, uh, he again plays early enough that maybe it's worth a go as VC if you're willing to take the risk. Um, I'm just trying to think of St. Kilda in terms of run with players. I know they're playing uh, Sinclair, who's probably a defender, uh, in recent years, but he's now a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Could potentially play a run with role. Um, Gresham maybe, um, because I mean he's shown in recent times that uh, he can be crawled a bit, which yeah. is a bit disappointing. Because as I predicted on the weekend, Hewitt he uh, he actually played on Miller, and um, I mean he had a bit of a bit of a down game by his standards. Only scored the one hundred five, yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, still good enough, but not really good enough for a for a captaincy score. So. Yeah, one to really think about, I think, heading into this weekend. Um, and yeah, assess and go from there. Yeah, definitely. And last cab off the rank is Maxi Gorn, the bearded one. Against GWS, Saturday at 7.25. He's averaged 140.5 over his last four games against the Giants with scores of 163, 100, 150 and 149. That's massive. Uh, and he's, it is his fourth best average against a team is, is against the Giants. So, I mean, no no Proust. No Proust. I mean, he's not getting off. He's not getting less than a week. He's not going to be a challenge. He's hell, though. So, yeah. he's out. He's gone. He's well, gone. Really. Yeah. So, who's, who's he going to ruck against? The inanimate carbon rod from The Simpsons? <laughs> oh, hell, the carbon oh, rod. Come on. Flynn's not that bad. <laughs> Sorry, Flynn. <laughs> Sorry. Ah. <laughs> uh... In like Flynn, at least he comes back into the side. Um, yeah, but yeah, mm. I think against like Flynn isn't the worst, isn't the worst Ruckman. So no, but it's still, it's still kind of just it's not. It plays into his hands a bit, doesn't it? Like without yeah. Proust being there, like Proust is a physical Ruckman. Yeah, much like Mummy probably would have done a bit of a number physically on Gorn. Um, and the one thing that we just in terms of the Giants as well. We saw on the weekend with Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide were the worst team for conceding points to opposition Ruckman. And the Giants come in as the fourth worst. So uh, something to think about on top mm. of the fact that he's got those those favorable um, scores historically against the Giants. So, uh, yeah, he's factoring in, factoring in massively for me. Yep, definitely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Damon, do you want to run through your honorable mention? Uh, yes, I'll make it quick because it is Jack Steele. The Man of Steel, he's back. <laughs> he was never gone in our books. He's, no, he he's, was never gone. He's never gone. He was there, just he stepped back, but he's now he's back. He's taken another step out of the shadows. Um, so, yes, uh, having scored 110, 125, and 115 against the Suns in his past three, I can see him continuing this scoring run off the back of his uh, solid scoring in recent weeks. Mm. So I guess I am most wary of the fact that Raul has been assigned to play a tight run with Roll in recent weeks. Um, so yeah, with that kind of scares me off a tad, a smidge. So I probably won't take the risk, but, um, yeah, he's another, another guy to factor in. What about Mm. yourself, Liam? Yeah. My honorable mention is it's probably a little bit niche, not, not too niche, but a little bit. I think for those with Andrew Brayshaw, he could be a good option. If your VC does fail to fire earlier in the round, he obviously plays on the Sunday game, uh, Sunday, the last game of the round, I think for, oh no, cause there's the, um, Easter, Easter Monday game, but yep. second last game. Uh, you don't have to. Yep, you don't have to worry about a, a potential tag for the Frio midfielder with the Dons. Um, I do know that obviously McGrath has been sent to sort of play as a bit more of a run on, run with role um, for periods in recent weeks. I don't think that'd be too much cause for concern, to be honest. 
And look, he's not necessarily a, mat, a solid option. His only captaincy worthy score against the Dons came last year with a 126. Everything else that he scored against the Dons before that is sub 25. So he's risky, but he could be a very good pod if your VC fails to fire. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, with that, Liam, let's uh, let's go on to our selections. Do you want to take the honours here? Yes. Yes, I will. I'll make it quick. It's most likely going to be Jack McRae into Max Gorn, but I also do like the look of Lockie Neal. So it's going to just be a bit of a toss of the coin between Lockie Neal and Jack McRae for the VC and then into Gorn for the C. Yep, um, exactly the same. I think um, Neil presents as probably the safer option mm-hmm. uh, as a VC. McRae, obviously safe C option. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go McRae VC into Gorn C because I just can't look past Gorny's. Everything's lined out for Gorn. It's, everything's coming out Mulehouse for Gorn <laughs> at the moment. Um, so I think the, uh, I guess the positive run of form for him will continue. But now, Liam, there's some people that really need to know. What do they need to know? I gots to know. Hey, I gots to know. In I gots to know, we answer all of your burning questions and we just got, just got one this week. Yes. And we've uh, we've what? touched on him a fair bit, haven't we? We have, we have, but we'll, we'll touch on him a bit more. Uh, it's from Kyle Bullen, who is at Kyle Bullen 4 on Twitter. And his question is, with a shaky performance from Zach Butters, is it time to move him on, move him on or hold? And we've already answered this to a little bit of an extent in earlier in this, in an earlier segment of the potty, but I just wanted to run through it a little bit more here. Um, Des, Des Ledeck, uh responded to this question um, on, on Twitter with a reminder that Butters did cop some friendly fire in the showdown a couple of weeks ago. So it could be playing a bit sore as a result. And that definitely is something to factor in. But as I've sort of alluded to is my concern is whether his role is being affected um, by the fact that he is playing sore. And I think just his rough and tumble ways could mean that he plays sore more consistently, but is his role being affected? There is that decrease in his CBAs that we've mentioned and that therefore, you know, leaves him with fewer opportunities to score with fewer possessions and playing that high half forward role just isn't super conducive to scoring necessarily. So, I mean, I've said it multiple times, I guess. I can see Merritt holding him. I can see Merritt moving him on. I think it just it's really going to come down to what you do with it. Um, I think it's a tough call, um, personally. Hmm. I, I wouldn't be against holding him for a few weeks and just seeing how he goes. I think there's potential for him to, to put in a, a couple of good scores, um, especially looking at his history against the Blues in recent, in recent times. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I, like, yeah, I've spoken sort of on my positioning on it. I think he's, uh, he's priced decent enough to really hold his price if he can, you know, not really fall off a cliff. Um, and because there aren't really many other premium options, I think he's worth persisting with. And the fact that 50%, 50% of the competition already hold him, I mean, that's sure to decrease because people will trade him out. But, uh, you know, at least over half at the moment hold him. So, Offsets the risk, so I'm holding, waiting, and seeing, and keeping my powder dry when it comes to trades. But that is the uh, quick fire I got to know for this week because, um, yeah, apart from rookies and stuff, um, there's not really many other moves. Uh, just wait for those cash cows to fatten. Yeah, most um, So, uh, Liam, if you're looking for more ways to engage with the Super Coach Edge community, boy, oh boy, wowee, <laughs> have we got some big news. Oh, BT's in the studio now. Yeah. Uh, I love BT. Anyway, <laughs> yes, Damon, that is that is right. We'll be opening up parts that of our... That out of bounds. That <laughs> out of bounds. Lloyd. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, we will be... Uh, there, will, there is some big news, actually. Uh, we'll be opening up parts of our Supercoach Edge Discord to the community for free. <gasps> for the price of what, Liam? For f- the price of zero coffees a month. <laughs> For the price of on the house. For the price of on the house. Hmm? Yes, that's much better. Yeah. On the house. Uh, yeah. Yes, there will still be um, some exclusive channels that will be Patreon uh, only 
access. Uh, but we wanted to open up some of the other channels to the good folk out there and create a bit of a, a real community vibe with everyone. But if you are looking for more ways to engage with us, you can get access to some exclusive fortnightly one-on-one live streams with Damon and I through our Patreon for just $10 a month. And uh, some there's some uh, Patreon-only Discord channels there as well, where you can chat to us directly. And you can find out more about signing up to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge. If you are looking to join the uh, the, the, the Discord channel for free, uh, just check our socials and you'll find the link to get in, I guess, there. Yeah. And we'll be rolling in as well uh, bonus content, which you'll also get as a part of the Patreon membership as well. So. correct. Uh, we'll be recording one straight after this um, as a bit of a quick fire bonus uh, episode, looking at the uh, the ins and outs, the the trending trades as they were, um, and assessing those. Um, and yeah, it was it was good fun assessing those last time because there were some doozies, absolute <laughs> doozies. Um, but uh, yes, join that Discord, um, and yeah, we want to sort of build it, and um, yeah, want it to be thriving. Want to want to see see it uh, thriving from from week to week and thriving more. Yeah, thriving more, exactly. More? More, you say? More? More? You want more? But uh, with that, let's move on to the uh, group rankings. Let's just have a quick look at those. And the high score for the round was Christian with his team, A Fighting Fury. Uh, I assume he's from Tigerland. With a score of 2,386. So uh, quite nice. Um, Wow. Wow, I could have been the highest score, Liam. I could have been well up there. You could have, but you weren't. Yeah. I, I could have. I ranked. could have been a somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I was I 40, 40 odd points off. You were well. You were ranked, I think, fourth in the group or fifth. Yes. Something something pretty pretty good. And you, I think you're about fifteenth overall as well. Yes. When I was yeah. checking it out earlier. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you've got a good Got chance it. to take it out. Yes, but um, overall highest score as well. Uh, congrats to Jason with his team no, casual underscore. Jason. No, oh, what? Congrats. You had to read ahead. Oh, no. oh, sorry. I had to read ahead. Sorry. Commiserations to Jason with his team, Casual underscore SC, who has had his two-week streak broken by Todd with his team, Papa Smurf, pipping him by, get this, one point. Yeah. One point. That, that streak, Liam. The streak. It's over already. <laughs> <laughs> we built it up so much. We were... I mean, maybe maybe Arthur from Black and White just put, oh, the, yes. put the jinx on him. I reckon he did the uh, the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yes, his total Three score continues. is... Yes. The record is maintained. Yeah, record maintained. Oh. His total score is 9,382 with an overall rank of 230. So uh, well done there, Todd. And uh, let's see if you can start your own streak. Don't want to put the, uh, the moz on him, but uh, get, it, get it done, Come Todd. On, get it Get it done, hot toddy. <laughs> but if you want to enter the Super Coach Edge group, of which you can join at any time, the code is one four two zero five nine. But league rankings, yes. Liam. Yes. How are they looking? Let's do a quick update on our Let's Super Coach it. Edge Crown League sure. for Tier Three Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Winners from this round were Damon with his team DJ Tradelot. Don't know who the hell he is. Oh, uh, Liam <laughs> with his team, myself, Liam. We talk about oh. myself in the third person. Uh, <laughs> myself with my team, Church of a Parish. Uh, Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters. Peter with his team, Tankman77. And Kyle with his team, Northwind. Um, we should, maybe next week, we'll do a bit of a ladder update. So that yes, because I think now we're a few rounds in. There's a few yep. games that have been played. It was kind of pointless before this. It was too much movement, but we'll uh, see how it's settled a little bit next week. The wheat being separated from the chaff, as it were. The cream rise to the top. Oh yeah. As um, uh, we should probably do it this man. week because I think I am sitting in second. So it would be a nice week to uh, just build me up a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh really? Oh, is yeah, that, I think I'm is in that... second. Oh, surely, surely not. Let me just have a quick squeeze. Uh, wait, really? What for the, oh, wait, I'm looking at the wrong league. I'm looking at my cash league. Oh yes, you are second. All right. Let's, let's do it right now. Okay. Right, let's, let's do it now. Just cause I want to pat now. myself on the back a little bit. Yep. Okay. Do you want, do you want me to do it? So you're not talking yeah. in third person? Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. So from the top, we've got sharpshooters, uh, Brett, 
Uh, we've got some dude named Liam with, uh, apparently he goes to the Church of uh, Wilting Flowers. Oh, sorry, Church of Parish. Oh. Um, Northwind coming in at third place, Kyle. Uh, and then my good self uh, with uh, my team, DJ Trade A Lot. Uh, then Arthur with Black on White. And uh, Tankman rounding out uh, in sixth spot, uh, Pistol Pete. Uh, then Mid-Price Madness, Jacqueline, uh, well done there. Uh, Orion, uh, Maddie, and then Bruce with Shuin, or Shuin, and Lyle rounding out with uh, Lyle Styles. So um, let's see how that shapes up next week, this time next Everyone's week. Everyone's got a win as well, which is nice. No, yeah, it's good to see. No Owens sitting in this league. Ah, good one. Owen three. It would have been it would have been Owen three. Good old Owen three. But um anyway, with that, Liam, it brings us to the uh the end of the show. But before we go, where can our listeners and viewers find us across our socials? Yes. Uh if you want to search us on YouTube and watch this as a podcast, you'll find us at Supercoach Edge. Just search that on YouTube and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. You'll find Damon at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Instagram, we are Supercoach Edge. Very nice. Well, that's a wrap. So thanks so much for joining us yet again for a, another episode. And we hope to catch you in the Discord. So check out our socials uh, that Liam just plugged. Uh, but until then, we'll catch you next week. Good luck, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.